Bismillah Alhamdulillah Wassalatu wassalam ala rasulillah Nabiina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in wa man tamasaka bi sunnatihi ila yawmiddin thumma amma ba'd Alhamdulillah ala ni'matil islam wa sunnah All praise and thanks belong to Allah for guiding us to Islam and for guiding us to the Sunnah. Alhamdulillah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He has given us the opportunity to live to see another Ramadan. And this is a tremendous time, a tremendous occasion, and this is a great opportunity for us to gain good for ourselves. This blessed month of Ramadan in which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says, Shahru Ramadan al-ladhi unzila fihi al-Qur'an. The month of Ramadan in which the Qur'an, it was revealed. Huda lil-nas wa bayyinatin min al-huda wal-furqan. A guidance for the people. A guidance for the people. And clear evidences clear proofs and evidences for guidance and a criterion a criterion by way in which we know the truth from the falsehood that which is right from that which is wrong from the benefits and the blessings that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he has bestowed upon the believers is that the Quran is a cure is a cure for diseases and hence the title of today's reminder, Diseases of the Heart and Their Cure. Diseases of the Heart and Their Cure. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He tells us in His noble book, وَنُنَزِّلُ مِنَ الْقُرْآنِ مَا هُوَ لِلْمُؤْمِنِينَ And we have revealed from the Qur'an that which is a healing and a mercy for the believers that which is a healing and a mercy for the believers Allah Azza wa Jal He says elsewhere in the Quran Huwa alladhi huwa qul qul huwa lilladhina amanu hudan wa shifaa and say it is for those who believe a guidance and a healing it is for those who believe a guidance and a healing. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He says elsewhere in the Quran, Ya ayyuhal nas, qad ja'atkum maw'idatum min rabbikum. O human beings, O mankind, verily there has come to you an admonishment from your Lord. There has come to you a maw'idah, an admonishment from your Lord. There has come to you a admonishment from your Lord for those who would take heed and a healing that which heals. It heals what? It heals that which is in the chest. A healing for that which is in the chest. A guidance and a mercy for those who believe. It is incumbent that we know and that we understand the reality of this. 
that the Quran is a healing for that which is inside of the chest. The Quran is a healing for that which is housed inside of the breast. The Quran is a guidance and it is a mercy for the believers. It is incumbent and it is a must that in this Ramadan, as we are reading the Quran, that we read the Quran and our intention is not just to make a finish of the, of the Quran, that we finish reading of the Quran, that our intention is not just a mere recitation of the Quran, but we have to be contemplating over the Quran, reflecting over the Quran. When you read the Quran, read the Quran and make it your intention that you're reading the Quran because you're looking for guidance. You want to be guided by your Lord Azza wa Jal. Beg Allah and ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to guide you. Ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give you guidance and to show you what is correct and the right way. Ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to heal and to cure the sickness that is inside of the chest. To cure and to heal the sickness that is inside of the heart which is housed inside of the breast. Make this your intention, bi'ithnilahi ta'ala. Imam ibn Qayyim, so we can better understand the reality of the sicknesses of the heart. Imam ibn Qayyim, he mentions, fi Zad ma'ad, he mentions inside of Zad ma'ad, al-marud naw'an, that sicknesses is of two types. That sicknesses, then it is of two types. Meaning, the sicknesses of the heart, na'am, they are of two types. And likewise, in general, sicknesses fall under two types. You have the sickness of the heart, marud al-qulub, the sickness of the heart. And you have the marud al-abdan, and the sickness of the body. Now, in this time that we're living, and we're dealing with the corona pandemic, the COVID-19 pandemic, and the like, there are many who give much concern and attention to the sickness of the body and the sicknesses of the body. And this warrants a great deal of attention, no doubt about it. No one is arguing that point or trying to state otherwise. Now, it requires great attention, undoubtedly. However, that which is also due great attention and merits great attention. Rather, we can even say it merits even greater attention and it merits even more attention is those sicknesses and those ailments that afflict the heart. Naam, those sicknesses and those ailments that afflict the heart. Now, as it relates to sicknesses, then you will find that both of these sicknesses, they are mentioned inside of the Qur'an. Naam, that these sicknesses, Al-Madhkuran Fil-Qur'an, then they are mentioned inside of the Qur'an. And as relates to the, the heart and the sicknesses of the heart, and this is our concern of today's class, is dealing with the heart, or today's reminder, we should say, then that is dealing with the sicknesses of the heart. Al-Marud, Al-Qurub, Al-Marud, the sickness that is attached to the heart, then also it is, Naw'an, is of two types. Naam, Maradul Qulub, 
نوعان the sicknesses of the heart then they are two types مرض شبهة والشك the sickness of doubt the sickness of doubt and you can even say يعني of desire the sickness of, 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 of doubt and of desire and when we mean desire here we mean from the standpoint of innovation from having doubts about a person's religion from not being firm and steadfast and so on and so forth that a person they are plagued with these type of sicknesses Naam. and then you have and this then the second type is the sickness of desires meaning those cardinal desires the sickness of those cardinal desires and of falsehood those cardinal desires and of falsehood Naam. Both of these sicknesses, bila shak wa bila raib, wa kilahuma fil Quran, they're both mentioned inside of the Quran. The sickness of doubt, naam, the sickness of doubt and of bid'ah, naam, the sickness of doubt and the sickness that is connected, yani shubha, yani, and from this type is bid'ah, bid'ah is from this, naam, they are both mentioned in the Quran. Now, as relates to a person having issues with their deen, and having sicknesses in their in their heart as relates to their religion, doubts as relates to the truthfulness of the deen, doubts as relates to the truthfulness of the Quran, doubts as relates to the truthfulness of the Sunnah of the Prophet وسلم, doubts as relates to the guidance that Allah Ta'ala has sent down and that it is sufficient for mankind. As relates to this sickness, then undoubtedly the shaitan he prefers this type of sickness. Because this sickness then, it will ultimately destroy an individual. This sickness, it will ultimately destroy an individual. And even the other type of sickness, the sickness of desires, of cardinal desires and the like, at their climax and at the epitome of what they can reach, then likewise they could destroy an individual. However, the destructive nature of the sickness of doubt, that a person they doubt as relates to Tawheed, that they doubt as relates to following the sunnah, that they give an ear to the ways of polytheism, that they give an ear to the ways of innovation, and so on and so forth. This is a desired sickness that shaitan wants to get you with. This is the desired sickness. Naam? And it is incumbent that we understand the avenues and the roads by way in which the shaitan, he attacks us. Because when we know these roads, we know these avenues, then we could better prepare a defense. We can be on guard from the likes of the onslaught that will come from this standpoint. Naam? So we have to know that the shaitan, he's going to try to make us doubt our deen. He's going to try to make us doubt our religion. He's going to try to make us doubt our way. He's going to try to convince us that the way of the kuffar is superior. He's going to try to convince us that the religions of the kuffar then they are superior he's going to try to convince us that the way of other than muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam it is superior he's going to try to convince us of this that we can leave alone the sunnah because there is a better path there is a better way but as we know there is no better way there is no better path as we know the best speech is the book of allah naam and the best guidance is the guidance of muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam and the worst of all affairs on newly invented matters.
because every newly invented matter is a bid'ah, every bid'ah is a going astray, every going astray is in the hellfire. This is well known as we hear it constantly over and over and over again in Khutbat al-Hajj. Na'am, fa'inna khayrul kalam, kalam Allah, wa ahsan hadji, hadji Muhammadin sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, wa sharrul umuri muhdathatuha, wa kulla muhdathatin bid'ah, wa kulla bid'atin dalala, wa kulla dalalatin finnar. We hear this all the time. Na'am, and this is the reality, this is the haqq. However, the shaitan will try to come and convince us of other than that, so that we have doubts about our religion. And this is incumbent, and it is a must that we know this strategy of shaitan, so that we not only safeguard ourselves as relates to becoming victims of this, but also that we safeguard our children. Because the shaitan is not just, he doesn't just come to the adults and whisper these things to the adults, but rather the shaitan, he plants these seeds inside of the children. He tries to plant these seeds of doubt inside of the children, these seeds of hypocrisy. He tries to plant them inside of the children because he knows that if they were to sprout in the heart of that particular slave, then it will cause their destruction. Now, the likes of these things, more dangerous than coronavirus. More dangerous than corona. The likes of these things, they're more dangerous than any type of corona. Now, whether it's swine flu or whether it's SARS or... Yani Ebola or whatever the case may be, way worse than all of that. Worse than cancer, worse than AIDS, worse than, worse than, worse than, worse than to the end of what you can yani possibly list from the diseases that plague the body. Now, the diseases of the heart in this one in particular to bring doubt, to plant the seed of hypocrisy, the seed of kufr inside of the heart, the seed of shirk inside of the heart is more dangerous than any physical disease now because the physical disease will result in ending your death but you know what you're going to die anyway now if it's not from this then it's from that you're going to die anyway and that's the worst that any physical disease can bring to you is your death however this disease of doubt this disease of doubt that makes you doubt your religion this disease of doubt that makes you doubt the quran this disease of doubt that makes you doubt the sunnah this disease of doubt that makes you doubt the prophethood of Muhammad وسلم, makes you doubt the way of the messengers this, this disease, it will destroy you with a destruction that will land you in the hellfire. Now, that should never be an option for anyone who is of sound mind. Naam, the hellfire is never an option. Never. This type of disease, this type of disease of the heart, yani of when it comes from the standpoint of having doubt about the religion and so on and so forth, Allah Ta'ala He mentions it in the Quran. Allah Ta'ala He says, Fi And in their hearts there is a disease. This here disease of doubt here, ma'am, in particular, as it comes in this ayah in Surah Al Baqarah, this is the disease of nifaq. This is the disease of hypocrisy. Naam, what is hypocrisy? Hypocrisy is that an individual acts like they are Muslim. They act as if they are Muslim. Naam. However, in their heart, they do not believe in Islam. They go through the motions, Naam. but in their heart, they do not believe in Islam. In their heart, they don't believe that Islam is the truth. In their heart, they don't believe in the hereafter. They don't believe that they will be judged. They don't believe in the day of judgment. They don't believe that there is an akhirah. They don't believe there is a hell. They don't believe there is a heaven, so on and so forth. But they act like they're Muslims. So they may pray as the Muslims pray. 
They may fast or they fast. Yani we should say not may, but they fast as the Muslims fast. They pray as the Muslims pray. They make Hajj, they make Umrah, they give Sadaqah, so on and so forth. But the whole time they don't believe that Islam is the truth. They don't believe in that which Allah Ta'ala has revealed. This is the hypocrisy. These individuals, they put the disease of hypocrisy inside of their hearts. And because they put it inside of their hearts, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he pays them in measure for what they have done. Al-jaza min jinsin amal. So because this is what they have done, then Allah ta'ala, he suits the punishment to the crime. They put the disease of hypocrisy in their hearts. So Allah ta'ala, he increases that disease of hypocrisy in which they put inside of their hearts. Naam, this is appropriate for the crime in which they have committed. Ala kulli hal. This is from the first type of diseases of the heart, the disease of shubha, the disease of shek, that one doubts the religion, the disease yani, of, 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 of doubt naam, about the truthfulness of the deen of Islam. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says, And they say those who is in their hearts a disease. وَلِيَقُولَ الَّذِينَ فِي قُلُوبِهِمْ مَرَضٌ وَالْكَافِرُونَ And those who they have their heart in their heart a disease, and those who are disbelievers, yeah. So 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 as such that they will say, ماذا أراد الله بهذا مثلا? What does Allah intend by this similitude? Now, what does Allah intend by this similitude? So here in this ayah, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala He mentions that. The individuals who have this type of disease in their heart, this disease of, of, of nifaq, this disease of hypocrisy, this disease of kufr, this disease of shirk, so on and so forth. Then when it comes to certain parables, when it comes to certain things from the Quran, it is, it is, not, going to, it is not going to be a healing for them. It is not going to be a source of guidance for them. No, no, no. These individuals, because they have taken to kufr, because they have put kufr in their hearts, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blinds them to the truth. Summun bukmun umyun. Naam. Those who are deaf, dumb, and blind. Those who are deaf, dumb, and blind. They will not speak the truth. They cannot hear the truth. They cannot see the truth. Naam. This is the reality. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Going back to one of the aforementioned ayats, Naam, ayat, Allah Ta'ala, He says, min al Quran, that we have sent down from the Quran, ma huwa shifa, that which is a healing, wa rahmatun lil mu'mineen, it is a healing, it is a mercy for the believers, wa la al illa khasara, and those criminals, those criminals, those kuffar, those disbelievers, those who have hypocrisy inside of their hearts, yani, they, it, they will not be increased in anything except for misguidance. They will not be increased in anything, excuse me, except for loss. They will only be increased in loss. They will only be increased in loss. So there is nothing for them except for increasing their loss. Why? Because they have entered, they have invited into their hearts a disease of hypocrisy. Because they have invited into their hearts the disease of kufr. Because this is what they prefer. So thus they will not be guided by the Quran. It's not a guidance for them, not a mercy for them, not a healing for them. Because they have chosen the disease. They have, they have turned away from the cure. So because they have turned to the disease... Then they are increased in misery, they are increased in misguidance, they are increased in loss. Naam. Ala kulli hal. Ala kulli hal. 
So therefore, those who have this disease in their hearts, those who have the disease of kufr or the kuffar, naam, then they will say, what does Allah intend by this parable? They don't know, they don't understand. Naam, because they are blinded. Because they are blinded because of the filth in which they have entered into their hearts. So it is incumbent that we are on our guard as relates to this type of disease. Because it's a disease that it is, to say that it is deadly is really an understatement. To say that it is a terminal disease really is an understatement. This is beyond what is could be considered deadly, beyond what is considered terminal. Because the end result of it is not death, it's the hellfire. The end result of it is not death, it is the hellfire. Wherein there is no death. But at the same time, there is nothing that you can really call life. Now, meaning from the quality of life, there's only misery, there's only suffering, there's only misery and suffering and the like that awaits those who have turned their backs, those who have turned away from what Allah has revealed. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah ta'ala, He says, as relates to those, those who have been called to live by and implement the rules and the regulations of the Qur'an was sunnah and of the sunnah to implement that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has revealed those who are called to embrace they are called to rule by they are called to live their lives in accordance to that which Allah ta'ala has revealed in the Qur'an and in the sunnah of his messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam but these individuals do they accept the guidance do they embrace the guidance? No. They turn away from the guidance and they refuse it. They refuse it and they turn away from it. Naam. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says, as relates to the likes of these individuals. Now, I pause because I want us to reflect and to think about this now. Any Muslim who knows, any Muslim who knows what is the truth of Islam, any Muslim who they have read the Quran, they have heard the Quran being read, meaning understood it. Naam. So they have, they have under, understood, even if it's the translation from their language, Naam, in their language. They have heard from the guidance of Islam, called to do what is right, but then decide they want to turn their backs, then decide that they, they want to choose another way, then decide they want to discard that which Allah Ta'ala has guided them to, this is very dangerous. I want you to listen up and pay very close attention. Those children who decide, no, I don't, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to be a Muslim. I don't want to, yeah, I need live my life by Islam. I don't want to have Islam govern my life, my statements, my actions, my my, yeah, I need, how I believe, my outlook, so on and so forth. No, no, I want to go the way of my desires. I want to go the way of, yeah, I need, what I want to do, when I want to do, how I want to do it, because I don't really know if it's the truth anyway. Ma'am, those suffering from this type of disease, I want you to listen to what Allah Ta'ala, He says as it relates to these individuals who are called to the truth, but then turn their backs on it, decide they don't want it, and they turn their backs on it. Allah Ta'ala, He says, And but when they are called to Allah and to His Messenger, Na'am, بينهم, so as to guide them so as to guide them نعم, to that which is correct so as to guide them نعم, when Allah Ta'ala he calls them 
to implement the truth. So they can be guided. Utilize the truth as a guidance and a, a, a criterion for their lives. Except that there is a party from amongst them who they turn away. They are called to implement Islam. They are called to be upon the guidance and to do what is correct. They are called to the truth, but then they turn away. Naam. وَإِنْ يَكُنْ لَهُمُ الْحَقُّ يَأْتُوا إِلَيْهِ مُذْعِنِينَ But if the truth is with them, then they come to it willingly and with full submission. Now, how often is this the case? When a person feels that they have يعني, uh, some proof and evidence, some hujjah for them, and that in which they want to do anyway, now then they have no problems utilizing the text against you. No problem utilizing the text against you. Now, so when it's something that falls in, in, in accordance to what they desire, then they have no problem pointing out those texts and saying, oh, look, you're supposed to be like this, right? But yet, when it is for them now to do the change, when it's for them now to step in line, they turn away. So I'll give you another, I'll give you another example to phrase this another way. Yeah, I mean, when it calls for them to do what is correct and to yeah, I mean, uh, 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 be checked, they turn away from it. They turn away from it. But as an example, if they can use it to check somebody else, if they can use it to call you to govern yourself because you have stepped out of line, oh, then they have no problems using it. Then they have no problem. Now, now they fully submit. Oh, here's the verse. Here's the yeah, subhanAllah. But where are you from implementing the verse? Where are you from implementing the verse? Naam. And, 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 and I want us all to really pay a close attention to this and to consider this yani, uh, extremely well. Because we never want to fall into a case where we find ourselves like this. If the truth is for us, then we're fully for it. But if it is against us, then we turn our backs on it as if we don't know. Because this is the characteristic from the characteristic of the kuffar. This is the characteristic from the characteristic of the kuffar. This is how Banu Israel they were. This is how the children of Israel they were. That if it was in accordance yani, to what they wanted, if, if, it, if it was in support of what they wanted at that particular time, then they fully were in agreement with it, fully supporting of it. But if it was against them, if it was against them, then they turned their backs on it as if they didn't know nothing about it. Now, this was the way of Banu Israel. The ulama they mentioned, I want you to reflect upon this. When you go through the Quran, when you go through the Quran, there is one story that is mentioned in the Quran more than every other story. There is one story, one group of people that are mentioned in the Quran, their story and things that are connected to them as a nation more than anybody else in the Quran. Naam. Likewise, and subsequently, their prophet, our prophet, more and more correctly, our prophet, Naam, who was sent to that nation, is mentioned in the Quran more than any other prophets in the Quran. Now, so a person may say, who is that? Who are these people and who is that prophet? The prophet that is mentioned in the Quran more than any other prophet in the Quran is Musa alayhi salatu wasalam. Is Musa alayhi salatu wasalam. And the people that are mentioned in the Quran, the nation that is mentioned in the Quran in their story, is mentioned in the Quran more than any other nation in story, is that of the children of Israel, Naam, Banu Israel, the children of Israel, the Yahud, the Jews, Naam. And I want you to reflect. The ulama they mentioned there is a reason for this. 
There is a reason that their story is mentioned more in the Quran than any other story. A reason that Musa والسلام, is mentioned in the Quran more than any other prophet. And what the ulama they mention is that is because there are similarities or there yani, existed the, the possibility or a similarity between the nations, between the nation of the final messenger and the nation of this great messenger and prophet Musa alayhi salatu wasalam, meaning that as Muslims, we have the tendency to fall into that which Banu Israel fell into. We have the tendency to fall into that which they have fallen into, that we are potentially subject to do what they have done. In fact, the Prophet he told us that not only are we subject to do what they have done, but that rather you will find that this nation will follow the previous nations of the Jews and the Christians, hand span by hand span, step by step, so much so, if they enter into the lizard's hole, we will enter into it as well. So why are their characteristics mentioned in the Quran? Is it so that we can just say, oh, that's them, yani min bab'in bishay? From the standpoint of just FYI, so you know, no, it is so that we are on guard because we are susceptible of falling into that which they have fallen into. And the better we know the pitfall, the trap, then the better we can avoid it, the better we can stay away from it. Naam. So I want you just to reflect and to think and to, and to really ponder about that. That any, any characteristic that you find is a characteristic that the Banu Israeli fell into, then know for surety that we are very close to them. We are very close to them. We are very close to them in the way that we are. We are very close to them and the like. So what that which they have fallen into, we can fall into it as well. You know, okay? So I want you to I want you to understand this. Now, they were they they were called to good. They they used to call to good. Now, and oh excuse me, they would yani uh 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 yani refuse to call to good, and then they used to warn against evil that they fell into. Subhanallah. They won against evil that they themselves were doing. They themselves have fallen into. Ma'am, and the like. Playing around with the legislation. Playing around with the legislation and so on and so forth. All of these characteristics that are particular to them, they know we are susceptible to falling into that as well. So be careful. Be very careful. Okay? So now let's go back to those who are called to rule. To those who are called to rule and to judge amongst themselves by what Allah has revealed. By the Sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, you see, and this is why um, I keep mentioning that from this from this standpoint, or from this aspect of sickness, also enters into it bid'ah. Now I keep mentioning that because bid'ah is from this type, it's from this type of sickness, this type of sickness of the heart. Bid'ah is from this type. Now, if you look at the ayah. When they are called to Allah and His Messenger. When they are called to Allah. What does that mean that they are called to Allah? They are called to rule by the Quran. Because where is the where is the guidance of Allah contained therein? Is where? It's inside the Quran. Where is the speech of Allah? The Quran. The Quran is the speech of Allah. It's not created. Where is the where is the guidance from the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam? Meaning where is the speech of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam inside the Sunnah? So how do we as a nation go back to Allah and go back to the Messenger as relates to 
issues that may arise between us as relates to that which we would yeah, I need, uh, um, rule and judge ourselves by way of, by, by doing what? By going back to the Qur'an and going back to the Sunnah. Naam. This is how we do it, okay? So I want you to understand that. So if a person turns away from the Qur'an, has doubt about the Qur'an, it's, the vid yani it's, it's validity, it's yani, um, how it is appropriate, it's appropriateness in this, in this time, in this era that we live in, and so on and so forth, then these are those who, the, who this ayat is talking about. Those who believe that there have come others who have a way better than the way of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam because, listen, that is exactly what you are saying. If a person comes with innovation, they come with bid'ah, then they are saying that the, there is a way better than the way of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam or they are claiming that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he did not complete the message. He did not fully convey the message. So therefore, they have to fill in the gaps. And that's why they bring that in which the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he did not bring. You understand? So, go. let's go back. I digress. So those who, when they are called to Allah and His Messenger, to rule in that which is between them, then you find a party of them turn away. You find a party of them turn away. Now, I don't want you to look at the next man. I don't want you to look at the next woman, to look at him and her, you know what I'm saying? And what they're doing or not doing. No, I want you to look at yourself. I want you to look at yourself. You understand? Because how, how easy is it for us? Yeah, I need to point the finger at someone else and then we, 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 we fail to see that us ourselves, what we are saying is applicable to even us first and foremost. You, you understand? I'll give you an example of this. Before getting back to, the, to, yeah, I need to these verses, I'll give you an example of this. Um, there is a story that happened during the time of the life of Sheikh Al-Bani. Rahimahullah Ta'ala. Al-Alam Imam, Imam Al-Albani. Naam. He attended a khutbah in one of the, the yani one of the masajid in Sham, and there was a man who got on got on the member, and his khutbah was against the rulers, and about ruling by the book of Allah, ruling by the Sharia, and yani uh, pointing blame at the rulers, and saying how they're not doing this, they're not doing that, they're not ruling by the book of Allah, and so on and so forth. Naam. And how you have to rule by the book of Allah, the rule by the Sharia, the rule by the by the Sunnah, and so on and so forth. Now, putting all the blame on the rulers, as if he himself were free and innocent. After the khutbah, al-Alama Imam al-Albani, rahimahullah taala, he approached the man, and he told the man, "What you said as relates to it being obligatory to rule by what Allah has revealed." He said, "Then this is correct." We have to rule by what Allah has revealed. We have to live our lives in accordance to the Sunnah. We have to live our lives according to the Quran, as understood by the Salaf of this Ummah. Naam, which that 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 was correct. The Shaykh said, however, do you know that you were blaming the rulers for not ruling and judging by the Book of Allah? He said, whereas you yourself, but at the same time, you yourself, you as an individual, you do not rule by the Book of Allah. You do not rule by what Allah has revealed. So the man, he became amazing. How? What do you mean? What do you mean? How? How, how, how could you say that? So, so Al-Alama, Imam Al-Albani, he said, look at you. He said, you have shaven your beard. This is not in accordance to what Allah has revealed. Because the Muslim man is supposed to grow his beard and to leave it. He said, look at you. You are wearing the clothes of the kuffar, Afranji. 
Now, meaning the Westerners. I mean, you got a suit and tie and, you know, this type of stuff. This is from their clothes, not from our clothes. The Prophet sallallahu Whoever imitates a people, then he is from them. Naam. So we are called to be different and distinct from the kuffar. We are called to be different and distinct from the kuffar, even in our dress. And especially with dress that is particular unto them. Especially with dress that they are identified by. It is their hallmark. When it comes to these type of suit and tie and three-piece suit and so on and so forth, could you could a person say this is from the clothes of the Muslims? This is what the Muslims traditionally wear? No, not at all. But who are the originators of this type and style of dress? It is the it is the kuffar. Now, it is the disbelieving West. They are the ones who wear these type of clothes. These are not clothes that are known to the Muslims. Now, these were not clothes that were known. Yani, uh, uh, to the Muslims, whether they were the Muslims in Arabia, they were Arab Muslims, or the Muslims in Africa, Naam, or they were the Muslims in Indonesia, in Malaysia, in the Far East, in China, so on and so forth. These style of dress, this suit and tie, that was not known to any of the Muslims anywhere. This is stuff the Muslims further learned, later on learned from the Kuffar. So he checked the man on his point. He checked the man on his point. That you're not, you're not even dressed properly. You're not even dressed according to the the legislation but then when you get into the the characteristics of that dress outside of just the the shape of it and who originated that shape and that style but of the dress itself and a description of it the pants are too tight the shirt is tucked in is not covering your your the, the aura so on and so forth it's problematic yeah you, know, you understand it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't even fit the requirements of yeah you know, uh, uh the covering and what should be covered and how it should be covered in Islam. It doesn't fit it. So no matter how you look at it, you, you're not ruling by the book of Allah as it relates to your, your outfit right now. Not ruling by the book of Allah as it relates to your face right now with the, with the hairs on your chinny chin chin because you done cut them off. So you're going to blame the ruler for not ruling by the book of Allah when you yourself are not ruling by the book of Allah. You understand? So I'm saying that to say this is that when it comes to stuff like this, I don't want you to look outside and say, oh, look, that's them. Or look at what she's doing or what he's doing or, or like this. No, no, I want you to look at yourself. I want you to pay some attention to yourself in the scene. Do, do you fit the bill? Because if so, I mean, if the kufi fit, it's a dirty kufi and it fit, you, you need to change it. You need to change it. Take it off, change it. You put on something else, something clean. You know what I mean? Get yourself together. In any event, the... The Prophet وسلم, he warned us from imitating them and told us that whoever imitates them is from them. That within is that with within within itself should be enough to scare you to death. So therefore, being like them, imitating them in any which way, shape, and form of that which is particular to them should never be an option. It's never an option. Let's get back to this now. We want to see do we, how do we stand as it relates to we're called to rule by what Allah is, yani what Allah has revealed, what the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam has taught us to rule by the book and the Sunnah. These people, when they're called to do it, they don't. They turn away from it. But if it's something in their favor, or oh, they rush to it. Allah Taala He says, Do they have a sickness in their heart? Because when because when you do this, when you do this, these are signs. These are indications. These are symptoms of a sickness. Now, you, you understand how every sickness has symptoms? Okay? 
not ruling, not, not, not living in accordance to what is correct, but rather turning your back. Now, I'm not saying that a, yeah, a person make a sin, a person makes a mistake. We all make mistakes. We all make sins. You know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about a person willingly, willingly, yeah, any, uh, preemptively, premeditatively, just straight doing what is wrong and taking it as his way. I know Islam say I should be like this, but I don't even care. I know, I know this what Allah said, I don't care. I know this is what the Prophet Sallallahu said, I don't care. I know this is what we should, I don't care. I'm going to do, I'm going to do me, I'm going to do what I want to do. That type of attitude, I don't care attitude, can't nobody tell me nothing type of attitude, so on and so forth. The truth comes, you turn away from it, you don't care about it. This is a sign of a sickness, it's a symptom. It's a symptom of a disease. You understand? But Allah Ta'ala says, do they have a sickness in their heart? What type of sickness? The sickness of shubha, the sickness of shak, the sickness of doubt. Doubt. That person doubts their deen. They doubt their religion. Now, Allah Ta'ala, he says, or do, or do are, are they apprehensive? They have in their heart a sickness or they're apprehensive. They're acting apprehensively. Now, Am Yakhafun or do they or do are they scared or are they scared? And Yahif Allahu Alayhim Warasulu Do they have a sickness in their heart? Are they apprehensive? Or do they think that Allah and His Messenger is going to wrong them? Do they think that Allah and His Messenger is going to wrong them, is going to give them a wrong judgment? Is this the case? Naam. Allah Ta'ala, He says, Bal, He says, Rather, these ones, they in fact, they are the wrongdoers. These ones, they in fact, and indeed, they are the wrongdoers. They are the criminals. They are the real criminals. So what are the symptoms and the signs of this, of this level of criminality? Is what? It's not ruling by the book of Allah. It's not ruling by the sunnah of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, but it's turning your back on it. Only, only, only embracing it when you can use it in your favor. This is a sign that there is a disease inside of the heart. The disease of doubt. The marubha. Ash-shubha. Washak. The disease of doubt and disease, yani, uh, yani of doubt, basically. Yani shubha, shak, we translate them both as doubt. The second type of disease is the disease of shahwa. The disease of shahwa. Now I want you to understand this. O you upon the sunnah. O you sunni. O you salafi. O you athari. All of you out there who say you're from ahl sunnati wal jama'ah. This is just to you right now. Others as well. Now I'm going benefit from it. But right now I'm talking to you. Now I'm those whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has guided to the sunnah. Because understand shaitan. He want to get you with one of these two sicknesses. That's the reality. He wants you to get one of these two sicknesses in your heart. Now, his first option, the best option for him, the most effective way of destroying you, is to infect you with the with the sickness of doubt. Shubha. Naam. That's the best is what he wants. But if he can't do it, if he can't get you to doubt Allah, if he can't get you to doubt the Prophet wasallam, if he cannot get you to turn your back on on the Quran and the Sunnah, if he cannot get you to, yeah, uh, uh, put 
hypocrisy in your heart and, 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 and have these traits and aspects of hypocrisy and so on and so forth. Yani the, 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 the disease of nifaq, if he can get your heart sick with that, then his next resort is what? Is shahwa. Is shahwa. So I want you to reflect on this. Because a person they may come and they say, a person they may come and they say, and this is this is this is real life. They'll say, but the people of innovation, you find they are the most nicest of the people. They are the most kindest of the people. The people of innovation, they don't fall into yani, the despicable uh, uh, vices that the people of the Sunnah fall into. Now, and this is a lie and it's exaggeration. Because reality it is that everybody fall into those type of things. But they make it seem like, okay, for argument's sake. They make it seem like, oh, the, the people, you know, uh, you don't find the, the people of innovation doing these type of filthy things you, that you hear about some of the Muslims doing. Right? And you know the areas in which is predominant uh, people on the Sunnah and they doing a bunch of foul stuff. Naam? Foul stuff. Niqab in the daytime, stripper in the nighttime. You understand? You know, homosexuals, so on and so forth in the closet. All this type of stuff. We know that areas in which this stuff is takes place and we don't want to speak on it. Because I don't want to yeah, make it seem like I'm condemning or speaking bad about a particular area or region. Because the point is, is not about that, but the point is about the behavior. Now, I'm about the behavior. Individuals who apparently look so righteous, but then they are, yeah, need from the most foul and corrupt of the people. From the most foul and corrupt, the most lyingest of the people, the most treacherous of the people, the most rude and nasty of the people, the mo the one most given to all type of sin and transgression, all type of, of, of filthy, illicit, and, yeah, need disgusting sexual crimes and so on and so forth they all you know all gone whole for it why why is that why do you find the onslaught of the people of the sunnah is from the standpoint of vain desires from lowly desires why is that why is that why do you find that the onslaught of the people of innovation is not necessarily from the standpoint of vain desires why is that the answer is obvious because the people of innovation, they have been afflicted with the sickness of doubt. They have been afflicted with the sickness of shahwah. So because they got the sickness of shahwah, shaitan doesn't put a lot of energy in trying to yani, get them sick and infect them with the sickness of shahwah, of desires. Because they already got the greater of the two sicknesses. Now, they already got the greater of two sicknesses. So then the most efficient uh, course of action to destroy them is to increase them into the sickness of doubt to increase them in believing that you can pray to a dead saint inside the grave and that's going to get you close to Allah and that's what Allah loves and is pleased with he's going to increase them in that you understand now the people of the sunnah do they have these type of doubts about their deen are they going to pray to somebody dead in the, in the, in the grave no Ma'am. are they going to make bid'ah and do things that the Prophet وسلم, he obviously did not come with? No. Are they going to be subject to being yani, Sufi or Mu'tazili or Ash'ari or Khariji Maturidi to the end of it from the Khan Muslimin? Are they going to be subjected yani, to, to, to the likes of these things? Then, generally speaking, the answer is no. So therefore, What's the next avenue of shaitan? If he can't get a person from, from this way, so what's his next course of action? What's his next avenue? Is from 
desires. Naam? So this is why the people of the Sunnah, and I'm talking to you in particular, you have to be on your guard as relates to desires, as relates to the sickness of desires, because it will enter into your heart, the sickness of desires, and if left unchecked, it will destroy you. If left unchecked, it will destroy you. So you have to be very careful. You have to be on your guard because the shaitan, he's not going to come to you from that direction, but he's going to come to you from this direction. If a person was in front of you, for lack of a better term, if a person was in front of you as a boxer, those who know boxing, you may understand a little better. And they were a south ball. They were a south ball. That means that they strike heavy with their right hand. They strike heavy with their right hand. Now, you're going to be more on guard for what he throws from his right hand. Although you're on your guard from his left hand, because he can still hit you with the left hand, you're going to be more on guard from what? From the right hand. You're going to watch what's coming off his right hand. Now, so I want you to take that analogy and to utilize it here. If you know that the shaitan, his greatest attack against you is not going to be from the standpoint of doubts, but it's going to be from the standpoint of desires, then you have to put your attention on him hitting you with that fist of desire. Okay? That makes sense? That makes sense, inshallah? So be on your guard because the disease of desire is a disease that is destructive indeed. Allah Ta'ala, he mentions this disease inside the Quran. Allah Ta'ala, he says, Ya Nisa al-Nabi, O wives of the Prophet, O wives of the Prophet, Lestunna ka'ahadim min nisa You are not like any other women. O wives of the Prophet, you are not like any other women. Naam. And sisters, I want you to pay very close attention, Yani, um, to what is mentioned here in this verse and go back to the whole of the verse, inshallah ta'ala, as it's found in Surah Al-Ahzab and it's verse 32. Because our mothers, then they are examples for the Muslim women. Our mothers are examples for the Muslim women, not these actresses and these singers and these entertainers and these YouTube personalities and, and the like. No, 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 no. Our mothers, they are, they are examples for the believing women. Allah Ta'ala, He says, If you keep your duty, if you fear Allah, if you fear Allah, you have taqwa, you keep your duty, you do what you're supposed to be doing, you act in a manner that is appropriate, you act in a manner that is right, that is correct, that is in line with that which Allah loves and that which Allah is pleased with. If you, if you want to do what is right, if you want to keep your duty, Allah Ta'ala, He says, فَلَا تَخْضَعْنَا بِالْقَوْلِ then do not be soft-spoken. Do not be soft-spoken when speaking, meaning to what? To the opposite sex. Do not be soft-spoken when speaking to men. Naam? The ulama, they explain what enters into the meaning of being soft-spoken is being is, is speaking and not just a pleasant and a, 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 a beautifying your voice. Naam? Not just that you beautify your voice, but you speak in such a way of submissiveness and... Of yeah, any uh, 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 of which it is understood basically that I can do whatever I want to do with her. Okay, she has she's given me signs and indications that she's going to let me do what I want to do with her. 
Okay? You don't speak in that manner. In other words, the way that you talk to your husband <laughs> or the way you should be speaking to your husband, this is not the way you should speak to any man off the street. You should not speak to any man on the street on the way you should be talking to your husband with that sweet voice in a manner that shows that I'm willing and ready to be compliant to what you want me to do. Now, don't talk to no men like that. And men, don't allow no women to talk to you like that. I don't care who she is. Don't allow no woman to talk to you like that. Fear Allah. Ala kulli hal. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he explains why. Allah ta'ala, he says, he said, because it will spark, it will propagate the one who has a sickness inside of his heart. For the one who has a sickness inside of his heart, it will get him going. Now, maybe he wasn't even thinking like that. But because he has this sickness of desire inside of his heart, as soon as he hears a woman talking to him like that, oh, word. Okay. Maybe one thing like that before. But now, why? Because this man had any, the slightest provocation, whether real or imagined, he's going to try to fulfill his lowly, vain desire. Do you understand? So this is why, this is why the woman is not to talk like that to any man. Because she may put that upon a man who has a disease in his heart, the disease of, des of desire inside of his heart. And now he's going to try to fulfill the perceived invitation. That makes sense? The disease of desire, then it is known, those type of vices, those type of giving in to the cardinal lusts and desires, yani, uh, being just engrossed and, and enveloped in sin, and transgression and so on and so forth this is a disease this is a disease and it has to be cured but whether you have in your heart this or that or a little this and a little that ma'am know for a surety that the cure is the quran the cure is the quran it is a cure for the diseases of the heart it is a cure for that which is in the chest and the earlier explained sheikh sulaiman rahili Ta'ala, he mentions that from the greatest ways at the greatest means of cleaning the heart and bringing a cure from the heart and if I remember correctly he was quoting from Shaykh Uthaymeen and mentioning uh, yani what Shaykh Uthaymeen Ta'ala, he had mentioned uh, this point is that from the greatest means of healing the heart and of cleaning the heart and healing the heart from the sickness then it is to read the Qur'an with reflection, to reflect over the Qur'an, to contemplate and to ponder, to contemplate and to ponder. Now, now those who, they are not fluent in Arabic to the extent that they, that they could read the Qur'an in Arabic and ponder and contemplate and, and achieve this objective, my advice to you is... Add to your reading of the Quran in Arabic, add to it reading of the Quran or yani reading the translation in your language. Now, read the translation in your language. Okay? 
those who they are not able to read Arabic because they have yet to learn, then I still encourage you, read the translation of the Qur'an in your language and contemplate, reflect, ponder, because this is from the greatest means of cleaning the heart. This is from the greatest medicine for the diseases of the heart. And I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and yanfa'ani to benefit me and also you as well that he benefits us from that which we have heard and that he makes us a proof for us and not against us O oh Allah, increase us all in knowledge. Wa give us and give us the success. Wa in yuwafiquna bima yuhibbuhu yaruba. And may he give us the success in doing that in which he loves and that which he is pleased with. Aktafi bihad al-qadar. Wa sallallahu alayhi wa ala nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Illa al-liqa. Until next time we meet. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakat